Strutting while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh my god. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All oh, this melts of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed up. <laughs> Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Brian. I'm Lane. I'm Art. Hey, <laughs> he's there. Art. Art is joining us live from uh, International Waters. Is that uh, fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm somewhere off the coast of Cuba and uh, the tip of Mexico. Okay. And um, how long have you been a Bond villain? Is this a new thing? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I go in and out for my <laughs> Bond phase. Uh, but yeah, I'm sitting on a cruise ship, uh, went out to Cuba and explored a bit. Uh, started off in Miami, but I'm sure we'll get into that eventually. Cool. Uh, cool, cool. Okay. Well, then uh, we're glad to have you back, uh, even if it's with a little delay. Hope the listeners can put up with it. Um, and let's answer some questions. Uh, Porsche Hobbyist says, we're rolling in a 2017 Jetta TSI rental. It handles decent mountains. For, say, $3,000, what would you do to make it handle better? Buy a GLI. <laughs> I like it. I was going to say something like that. Yeah. Buy another sporty yeah. car. I think, uh, I think that's the that's the choice. And then some tires. Well, I mean, so, what's the difference with the GLI? Just better shocks and yeah, shock stiffer springs, springs. The sway bars. So you, you, you can everything, do that. and then engine as well. You know, so is there between a, a normal Golf and a GTI? So I assume they're renting this car right now. Yeah, they're on a road trip. Mm -hmm. I, I saw they're in Southwest somewhere. Yep. One one of the big things could be the diff too, like a limited slip on the GLI. Yeah, I don't think the GLI has a limited slip. What do you think, Art? So. I mean, how much of a of a premium is the GLI? I mean, is it over three K? Because he's asking three K, right? Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, same for same. Like, it's about probably around three K. Oh wow! Well, that would be totally worth it. Yeah, because I mean, my suggestions were going to be that like rear sway bar, um, slightly stiffer springs, if anything, and then tires and an alignment, and you're pretty much there. And if you can afford the shocks, and throw those in there, you know, do some like, you know, Coney Sports or Bilstein Sports. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, you probably want springs, too. I'd definitely eat up three grand, though. Tires, too. I mean, yeah, you get kind of crazy. I mean, you need tires on the GLI, too, so there's that. But, right. Um, yeah. Clutch Kick Podcast uh, says, and this is for Art, so be ready. If Rick buys a GTA, will Art be jealous? Well, I'm just jealous because he's a rich man all of a sudden. Where the hell is he going to get money to buy a GTA? That's I'm assuming that he's talking about an Alfa Romeo GTA, which is the lightweight aluminum-bodied, basically GTV race car. That is, you know, they're usually around 200 grand at least. <laughs> hey, are so, no, um, yeah, okay. knowing them, they, they he doesn't know what he's talking about, <laughs> and it's just like it's some ratty GTV for like 20k. That's like full Bondo door panels. That is a very good call and is likely the truth. Uh, so absolutely not jealous. Okay. Uh, Core says, uh, what car that a family member owned from your youth holds the fondest memories? 
That's a good question. That is a hard one to answer. It is hard. Yeah, I don't have like a specific. I There's like either. several cars that I think. Yeah, first of know. all, it's got to be one that you interacted with. Mm-hmm. You don't, didn't just like know about it. Yeah, I had, I had my, my dad's Volkswagen Bug. I think it was like a 60 cab. I have fond memories of that. I have fond memories of his uh, Volkswagen pickup truck, his uh, transporter, and then, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff. But my my godfather's uh, Porsche 356. How are you, Brian? Uh, my dad's FJ40. That was pretty... That stood out for me. Um, and... Uh, the P1800, which, I mean, they had it when I was pretty young, so it's really just memories from pictures, I think. But um, those are those are the notables. Yeah. My uncle had a 3000 GT VR4, and that, hmm. that always was very intriguing to me at that age, you know, yep. the interior and kind of the look and stuff, pretty unique. Um, but I bet Art has a couple I think he's mentioned before. Yeah, well, you know, the one that actually came to mind right away was um... – one of my uncles bought in 1990 or 91 a brand new 300E, and I remember loving that car just because, like, it had a very unique smell and everything just looked so, I don't know, tight and Germanic. And I, I don't know, I, I loved jumping in the back of that car as a kid and just cruising around everywhere. Especially like, you know, my dad at the time had like a bunch of Datsuns and a couple Toyotas, and like this car was so different and it just felt so pimpy to roll in that. Um, Although now, you know, it's those are very inexpensive cars. It's just that that I have a lot of great memories of rolling around in my in that thing. Especially, I remember one little feature uh, when my cousin and I would be in the back. Like you could, there's a little scroll wheel in the center console, and you can change, you can move the, all of the audio to the front speakers, oh, and yeah. uh, we can sit there and just like talk shit and be like, you know, be obnoxious, and like our parents would be listening to whatever they were, listen, you know, whatever music they were playing, but. Um, that car and then the other one was uh, my dad's 280z I, I have a lot of memories in that car doing long road trips and it was a two plus two so it was kind of a funky car to sit in the back of and i don't know cool dash and just you know just as a kid it was just a fun car oh and it had the rear uh hatch louvers too which were sweet to look out of oh yeah yeah definitely um this next question's kind of sad really oh is it chef, chef? chef malone jr with the recent tragedy my car is no longer worth it to me to do all the work I intended on putting into it. So he blew a head gasket, I guess, right? No, he crashed. He crashed, oh, he crashed it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, I didn't uh, know that. He hit some black ice uh, Christmas or yesterday, <gasps> and uh, basically, yeah, hit a guardrail and the, the front ends bashed up, and then hit a guardrail on the right side fender. And oh no, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Oh crap, dude. Yeah. So Chef Malone is our buddy who has the rad Audi, the tan Audi four thousand with the graphics S. and uh, like BBS BBSs. wheels and everything. So, damn. Um, so he says, <clears throat> "You guys know me pretty well. What car could you fellas see me in? Four to six thousand dollars. Thinking four thousand Quattro, but I'm open to suggestions." And uh, Bad Rabbit Habit said Audi ninety, and then Organized Garage says C four Corvette, baby. <laughs> Um, uh, dude, oh man, that sucks. Uh, he did, and he did uh, have a blown head gasket too. Actually. He did, but he was already prepared to fix that. Yeah, I, I know that for a fact. That's why I was like, "Well, that's not worth giving up on." And so this black ice thing, I mean, even if he had Quattro, that probably would not have helped. Right. 
that comes down to. I think it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, right. like yeah. you hit ice, and it's kind of like it doesn't really matter. But I think I think the next step is Quattro. Like he has all those parts and everything. Yeah, and that's his. It's his that, thing, dude. His Not thing, many people. Dude. It's a rad car, yeah. and he's owning it right now. Yep. And he's the guy. He's the four thousand guy, and, and he he can find a four thousand uh-huh. Quattro. But then, how about this side of the coin? It's the perfect opportunity to switch it up. Well, I, I know, yeah, but it's what a would perfect he go opportunity to, to buy so the asking us. But I that's know. what I'm thinking. It's the perfect opportunity to get the Quattro, get like the best model that he can, where he had the front wheel drive one, you know? Yeah. So he's stepping up to well, a he five seems cylinder. To be okay with the front wheel drive. What about switching it up and going with a Coupe GT? Yeah, he has his dog and stuff. I mean, he seems a little more four-door-ish. I, I don't, I don't like the Coupe GT compared to the. Yeah. I like the regular sedan body style and the coupes just the it's still a front wheel drive and although they did have the five cylinder right yeah just getting yeah. parts for these old audis seems like it's going to get harder and harder too i mean maybe, maybe getting something a little more modern i i could see him in a mark ii gti yeah that sounds, seems like a step but down but that was the thing it, it almost kind of he almost made it seem like that was He's trying to avoid that. Cause I think he's he been there. A little more unique and different. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. I think he's been there. He's had Mark ones. Um, I think he's had Mark twos. What about a Subaru uh, two point five RS? Yeah, that's not a bad. That's not a bad call for the money, but I don't think it's quite. It's just not as cool. Yeah. As what about a going? first uh, like the late nineties S four? I forget what the B B five B five. Stepping it up so parts aren't as big of an issue. You know, a lot nicer car, but kind of boring, I guess. Yeah, yeah kind of boring. Pretty boring. So compare them directly. Like, at, like let's say that Audi 4000 Quattro is the standard answer. So just compare them directly. Like, um, you know, two point, Subaru 2.5 RS versus Audi 4000 Quattro. 4000 Quattro wins, dude, in my opinion. Definitely more rapid. And then, yeah, 4000 Quattro versus uh, the newer A4 or even S4. S4. Uh, yeah, I think the Quattro dude, wins. The Quattro wins, I And think. the Quattro is just his car, but everything cooler, right? It has the, with the, the diff, the, you know, you can change all the settings and put it on the rear. and Digital dash, and, maybe? Uh, no no digital dash, only on the coupes. Oh, okay. But uh, and not all the coupes. Mm. But yeah, it had this really cool like diagram flux capacitor thing in the center and yeah. the dial. And then yeah, he could be stoked on a E36 M3. Yeah. That's not a bad call. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of so... bottom barrel too, four to six thousand. I mean, he's gonna be back to that. I think there's mileage. a I think there's a lot out there at that price. He's just like every other guy. Then what do you think, Art? Uh, I'm still, I don't know. I'm sticking to my, my answer. I think a 2.5 RS done well, especially since he has good taste. He could do like a rally kind of look and some flaps and some good tires on there. I mean, and make it stand out. And they're not very common cars. You don't really see them anymore. That's and true. I think they're definitely very cool. They're, they're hard to find good ones. All right. Chef Malone, what do you think about that? Subaru life. You got to buy a vape ASAP. He probably has one. Racing Ali says, what are your 2018 automotive resolutions and or goals? Speaking of which, this is the last uh, couple episodes before the new year. So That's a hard question. I definitely was not thinking of that. I mean, I think we have something coming up with the Coastal Range Rally that is our motivator. So it's not necessarily the year, you know, to get things done, but the event. And I know Ali is doing a lot of stuff. I mean, do you see those wheels he bought? The tires? 
the wheels are so rad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to see that thing. Um. So I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? I mean, the Coastal Range Rally isn't like a resolution or a... right, but I'm saying that's like a motivator to get things done uh, in the beginning of the year, right? You know, it's hard to say what else you're gonna have time for. Elaine probably trying to finish his bump, bumper someday. It's not a New Year thing. It's yeah. just a thing. I know. I know. For the end of 2018. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I I think it's a good question. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Do you, I mean, do you guys normally make New I'm Year's resolutions? Good, no, I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I don't do that stuff. So I don't usually either. I, I don't bet, like to make yeah. commitments that I can't. I bet Art does. On. I think. I, I mean, I have one. Yeah. I mean, I think my my New Year's resolution is I want to make 2018 the year that I spend less time working. Uh, boring day job and more doing drywall awesome shit and radwood stuff well, that's yeah. pretty solid that's a good one it's definitely automotive resolution um yeah i don't know i don't know it's a tough one we'll have to get back to that i'd like to get more seat time in a festiva oh that's a good resolution you should do that yeah that's a, a good one. question related to the festiva coming up here uh walter michael wood says what would make a good dwa boat um, okay, I can tell you one thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Those old school boats with the steering wheel and the bench seats, you know, and the little windscreen. Oh, you're talking about like a flat bottom with the with the uh, Bigfoot gas pedal? I guess flat bottom. I don't know. Yeah, they make flat bottoms. But it, it's, or... like a, it's like a convertible car, you know, and you can yeah. throw your arm up on the, uh-huh. on the seat. But see, for DWA, we like to podcast in our boats. So you need that, that uh, you know, little cabin. Some call it a stabbing cabin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I like, I mean, that, the, like uh, the adventure mode boat is like the version where you can like live in and hang out. Yeah. I don't like I mean, that you call the place that we podcast the stabbing cabin. Well, get used to it. That's what it is, man. That's no, it's it not, is. Warren. You're making that up and it <laughs> doesn't actually apply. No. No. It's, it's, where, it's where business happens. Oh, <laughs> it's business time. It's business time. Business cabin. So I prefer the, uh, there's a cigarette boat. It's an open bow with an under stabbing cabin. Uh, so you get best of both worlds. You get the convertible and you get uh, You're underneath. like a supercar guy, man. Yeah, that's a supercar. But it's four. like 80s supercar. No, no. No, this is pretty the modern. Yeah, it's like you can go fishing on uh, it. It's got four outboards, like a thousand yeah. horsepower. Yeah. I'm more of a bass flake fishing boat type of guy. Stand on the top, cast out there, and what do you do see it? what happens. Oh, I just said you cast out there and see what happens. <laughs> That's what you do. Where are you podcasting from, dude? It's not. He said DWA version of a boat, not not like a podcasting studio well, replacement. If we were going DWA version of boat, yeah, yours would, yours would be a shitty metal dinghy with duct tape holding it together. I beg to differ. Dude, the Corvette, the C4 Corvette, if that's what you're referring to. It's fiberglass. It's fiberglass and, like, a cr- huge advancement. It's using all, like, these next-generation materials so and just construction that, techniques. So just turn it upside please pick down. a parallel for that, you know, with your boat scenario here. Next question. PFM California says, What are the small details about your enthusiast cars that you like the most? The ones that bring you joy consistently. For example, the engine note on my five-cylinder turbo diesel makes me happy every time I start the car. Hmm. Art, start us off. What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. Sound is a big one. Um, ah, man. So, sounds 80%, right? Now, right? Um, 60%? It's like 95. Yeah, it's not 50-ish. 50-ish. Yeah. 50, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps increasing. Uh, 
Um, you know, I've, I've, I'm going to go back to this. I've talked about this before. I, I really appreciate the way each car smells. Like, I, I, there's something really cool about the way a car smells, and, like, that is something that I've always appreciated. And, and you know, the Benzo has a very unique classic Mercedes leather smell. Um, the You know, the the, the M-Coupe has, like, a, 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 a it smells like a new car. Even um, Warren commented on it. Like, the guy, obviously, it's very well taken care of it. But it has a classic, like, early 90s to late 90s BMW smell. The 2002 smells like gas, as everyone knows. But um, that is an aspect <laughs> that I really appreciate. Um, I've talked about the way that the view out the front, right, the, what you see, um, visibility around, I guess. But, um, like, thin eight pillars, I appreciate those little details. Um yeah, yeah. I think it's more. I what you guys got? I'm kind of piggyback on yours is uh, for the Vanagon uh, seating, you know, driving position with double armrests and just that school bus kind of upright, and then the view out is maybe the best of any car. So yeah, that's that's definitely something I every time I get in it and start driving, I'm like, oh yeah, double armrests and kind of get situated, and uh, that's a, definitely a great driving experience just based on that. So kind of kind of go with that. I like staring at the digital gauges in the Corvette. It's pretty special. <laughs> are they working right now? Sometimes. Wow. Those are special moments. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it makes it more special when they work. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The, like the 944, for instance, has a, a smell that every 944 has, which, uh, that's one of those things it has really thin A pillars, which you notice after you get out of like the GTI or something like that. Um, the seating position is really nice. And then having the really tiny dash on older cars um, where the dash is like oh, really yeah, close to the windshield yeah. and you just, you know, it's not like protruding out towards you. Your, your legs aren't under this huge dash. Uh, that's one of the things. And then the steering feel in the 944 is one of the highlights for sure. But it's also, it's one of those cars where it's kind of like an everything car. Um, it doesn't have as many like standout features. Like it doesn't have that one, like, it doesn't have that one crazy thing like, you know, the alpha engine note at 7,000 RPM or right. something like that. You know, or the snick snick of the Honda. Yeah, that's like transmission. It doesn't have that one little thing. That's what I was trying to think about the E30, the same thing. Yeah, it it's more like a, a. It's kind of an everything car. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty all around. Uh, let's see. Mike Samartano, winner beater. Interesting winner car. Must have a manual transmission for $1,000. Oh, shit. Volvo. Volvo, anything front wheel drive Volvo, uh, yeah. If you can yeah, find it, yeah, that's a good idea for a winter beater. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you can't get an all wheel drive cross country. I think you could get a an all wheel drive wagon in a manual, but they're really rare, not a thousand dollars. So yeah, get a get a yeah. Uh, get a sob. Yeah, yeah, get a sob. Either one of those would be kind of my choice, and not all wheel drive, unfortunately, but they're pretty well proven. Get some good tires, front wheel drive. I don't know. I'm thinking. Uh, uh, E36, like 318 or 325, 328. Rear drive? People do it. I mean, yeah. And, like, the opportunity for fun is there. You could have a lot of fun if you're not too worried about the safety. Yeah. Yeah, I go with that. Yeah, I think the Saab's a good choice. Saab 900 or 9000. Yeah, I... um, or any Volvo. I guess you don't want to, I mean... You do want weight, right? Over the driving wheels, yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking, yeah, like I mean, like just a lightweight Honda, like, oh, like a Civic, or even an Integra could be good, you know. 
It's just so tinny. Yeah, you, it, when wrecks happen, you don't want to be the squishiest car out there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good call. Uh, Nicholas uh, Roach. Nicholas Aroche. What's a DWA-approved reliable daily that can do it all for around 7500 bucks? needs all-wheel drive, and the ability to carry people and stuff. He says, my heart says E30 325iX, my head says A3 3.2, or Mark V R32. That's not a bad choice. And my gut says W211 E500 4Matic wagon. Whoa. 7500 bucks. <sighs> you can get an R32 for 7500 bucks. Yeah. A Mark V. Yeah, Mark V. Not a Mark IV. Right. Whoa. Uh, wow. WRX? Yeah. Like a Forester, maybe with a little yeah. spunk yep. to it. Yeah. Forester would be cool, like a Forester XT or something. Yeah. Do they make that in all wheel drive? I mean, yeah, a, that would, not all wheel drive. In, in a manual? Yeah. Okay. 7500 bucks for an XT. You can get my favorite. You can, um, you can get a lot of Subaru for that. The buddy. Subaru uh, Baja. Baja. Yeah, buddy. Turbo. Manual. Hell yeah. Seventy five hundred might be pushing it. Right. These are collector's items. Yeah, I mean, if he's talking about you know, <laughs> DWA approved, is is tough. I wouldn't. He's fitting a lot in here. Yeah. Um, but the price opens up, you know, a fair amount of choices. Dude, if you can find a nice four thousand Quattro, that's a rad car. Yeah, reliable daily. I will say this about the two eleven is uh, the formatic oh, formatic option. Um, the front axles, the boots blow out, and then eventually they'll need to replace axles. They're very expensive, dealer only. So that's kind of something you want to look out for if you're looking for a formatic. Um, just if they've been done, you're stoked. But if not, that can get a little pricey. And you can obviously drive with those for a long time like that. But, yeah, they're $1,000 axle or something. There's two of them. So that's not great. Are you at an answer? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't sound like he was going for sporty, right? So, like, FJ80 could be rad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 10 miles per gallon, but rad. I was just thinking manual transmission Jeep Cherokee. The XJ or whatever. The one that we keep. Or YJ. Is that whatever. really better than an automatic? I mean, it could you... be kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 why are you laughing? Yeah, why are you uh, laughing? I'm just laughing at the whole the, the whole transaction right there. <laughs> Is that really better than all of that? Yeah, it could be fun. Okay, yeah, it could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, keep in mind that people actually uh, will use those in lemons and race them. And yeah, actually, yeah. you know, with that motor, it's like pretty decent if you wanted to put street tires on it. But, I mean, you know, just for off-roading, manual transmission is better. It's cool that you can get those in a manual. Like, that's not common, you know, to be able to do that sort of truck. Okay. Uh, Dark Fact says, can we get the Dodge Spirit RT from Radwood 2 to race the ZR9 or 944? What's a Dodge Spirit RT? It is a little, a little sedan, right? car looking thing that was parked on the yeah. parking lot side way towards the entrance of the show. And it had wheels. Had like, wheels. Isn't it like an Aries or something? Like a sporty version of an Aries? Like an Aries yeah. yeah, it had like a neon SRT wheels. SRT four wheels on it, I believe. Don't don't call me on that. Well, it starts there. We got to find the spirit owner. Is that thing? Some, is it something special? Or actually, it says it, RT, dude. I think it might be. It was the one that was for sale on Craigslist. That got an award of some kind. Hmm. 
Does that sound familiar? Uh, well, I remember it? we were forwarding that ad around. Yeah, I think that was it. Interesting. Uh, it could be. No, uh, wasn't that the Lincoln, uh, or the not the Lincoln? Uh, no, that was the New Yorker. The New Chrysler New, New Yorker. Yorker. Yeah, it was oh, Chrysler New, New Yorker. Yorker. Yeah, 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 yeah the white yeah. with the blue interior. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm down to race this guy. We just got to <laughs> find this guy. <laughs> who, who owns the Dodge Spirit RT and where does he live is the main thing. That's the question. All right, so it's in. We'll try to get it to happen. Dark fact. Uh, SF Production Gabe has a couple lightning round questions. All right, let's go for it. VHS or beta? <laughs> VHS. Yeah, VHS. 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 Uh, RC or tab? Tab. RC. RC. Brian's the odd man out on tab. Bubble Yum? Never tried either, by the way. What? <laughs> RC? Yeah. You never had RC. I think RC had the, uh, it was like one of the sugariest sodas. Oh, really? That I think it was Jolt. super, oh, Jolt was super high caffeine. caffeine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bubble Yum or Bubblicious? I don't know the difference. Either or, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. I always wanted to swallow One's it. like a cube, right? It's so <laughs> good, you just want to, yeah, they're both in a cube, I think. So they're both soft. cube form. Yeah. I'm going to go Bubble Yum. Domino's or Straw Hat? I don't know the difference. Straw Hat for sure. Straw Hat's way better. Domino's. I think. Domino's? The Noid? Which one's which? Domino's yeah. motherfucker. Is Straw Hat like really thin, like greasier one? Kind of. It's okay. more like round table. I feel like they stack yeah. the toppings higher or something. Yeah. They used to have an all you can eat at Straw Hat. We used to go to in high school over in Capitola and it was legit. Hmm. It's also like $6. Hmm. Uh, Conquest or Starion? Starion. 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 Starion, me too. Um, Just because of the name, you know, because I mean, we yeah. know it, it, it stems from uh, Stallion. Lost <laughs> in, trans- lost in no. translation, right? What is it? Yeah. KM Grace says, how much does the sound system factor into your project cars? I scored big to find a, a new old stock 90s blah punk cassette deck with auxiliary input from my 944. Looks rad, but sound quality is sorely lacking from the tiny speakers. However, upgrading... Any more is way down the list past suspension and engine mods. Do you set aside any car budget for killer sound? I would say zero. Nope. Yeah, you went with a Lapai. Is that what it is? $18 Lapai. I've looked at those. They're they're intriguing. They work, but they're not great quality, great sound quality. It's fine, dude, if you have some speakers. Yeah. It's just an amp, and you run it off your phone. I know, I know, but it's super low uh, power, so it's not going to be bumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Like you can get a higher power one for like ten dollars more. You can, I yeah. know, but it's hard to find one with a remote. Baller, yeah, I know, and Bluetooth. Whoa, yeah, I don't know how they do it. They call those micro, uh, I think it's micro amps mm-hmm. is what they're classified under. And Pile makes one, P Y L E. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pile of shit. Yeah, um, but they're intriguing because they're so small and inexpensive. Yep. Um, yeah, I have some thoughts on that. Um. Art, I know you're a sound guy. You got some sound. Maybe. I mean, if if I'm going to have something in there, I'd like to have, you know, I do like to have decent speakers, but I mean, I'm not like a big sound guy in terms of like, you know, big sound systems, subwoofers, all that shit. That's just not me, but I mean, I do like quality. Um, that being said, I'm not going to go out of my way to buy something. I just like, I feel like I'm going to make what is there work better if I can. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, in the case of the uh, and then the 500 SEC, like I didn't really add anything. I mean, and it has good speakers. It has you know decent wiring and 
a good classic deck um, and I just added Bluetooth for functionality, but I don't want to make it sound any better than that. I mean, I know a more modern deck would sound better, but I like that it's period. Um, yeah. 2002 doesn't even have a stereo um, and the freaking <laughs> um, the MCOOP has a Harman Kardon system in there that sounds decent. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't, I think the answer is though zero to none in terms of budgeting. Um, I just like the practicality of having Bluetooth in my car. And if anything, we're kind of bummed if there's an aftermarket stereo, right? So yeah. that should be said. Yeah. Like I've been trying to seek out a period correct stereo yeah. for my E30 and uh, I kept looking at like the business CD for that year. People want like three or 400 bucks for them and they've probably been refurbished and stuff, but I don't want it that bad. So I've got a $10 flea market deck, which may or may not work. And a free deck with a radio code from our buddy Mike Moeller mm-hmm. that hopefully will work. And I just haven't even had time to try to install it. That new Clarion looks pretty nice. Yeah. And there's also a Continental version of it. Uh, they make a stereo. Clarion does? Or wait, who? Continental. Who's Continental? Yeah. Like who's tire, that? They they make tire manufacturer? Yeah. Uh, we, have an, uh, we have like a... It's made out of rubber? Now it's black with a red face, so it looks like really correct. They have them for uh, uh, 911s, like 80s 911s okay. and stuff. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, we have a car in the shop right now. Huh. Kind of weird, huh? Yeah. But, yeah, it's cool. Um, let's see. Jay Jenks Bauer, what is a car you disliked until you drove it? I don't have an answer. I3. You disliked it until you drove it? Yeah. I saw the merits Yay. of it, driving it more so than appearance. What were the merits? Mm, zippier than anticipated. Funky interior. Overall experience was better as a driving machine than looking at it mm-hmm. for me. It's hard to be worse, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Anything, guys? I can't think of anything. Thinking, yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, okay, let's getting into a car that you dislike, and then you yeah. drove it, and you're like, "Oh, that was actually pretty sweet." Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Dave Casement says, "How does DWA feel about small cars with motorcycle engine swaps? Does a Festiva with a CBR 1000 engine have more or less sense of occasion than a Carmen Ghia with a flat six from a Goldwing?" Asking for a friend. Thanks for the great show, guys. So. Our buddy Tom, they have a Shark Nose uh, Ferrari F1 car. It's a, you know, replica with a Goldwing motor in it. So flat six mm. motorcycle engine. The car is so small that he can't even fit in it. I mean, it's it's like meant for a miniature person or like a small Italian dude, kid maybe. But uh, it's like go-kart size, but it's it does have a Goldwing engine. That's cool. Pretty, it probably revs pretty good. And, yeah, and you can get parts and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, obviously, the packaging is where it's at. And then uh, there's that uh, Honda S600, right, Art, that has the, um, I think it's a CBR1000 or... Yeah, there's quite a few. You know, I love it. Kind of yeah, like, yeah. A lot of people do the swaps. Hayabusa, yeah. That's uh, a good one. For, like, smaller cars. Like 200 horsepower. Yeah. And then you That'd put a awesome. starter motor for reverse. That. Oh, that's cool. So you just crank the starter motor to, to reverse it. So we, when we last did Lemons, or second to last race we all did, uh, there was a Geo Metro. Uh, 
with the motor. The metronome or metro, yeah. Is that what it's called? Metronome, I yeah. Think so, I think yeah. you're right. And um, it screamed. It was chain-driven. And Snowmobile they, motor. Oh, no, it was one of these, wasn't it? Like the CBR 1000 motor? It, it sounded like really high revving, and uh, they won the race. Mm-hmm. So Did they win? Yeah. I thought they broke. No, they were killing it. Yeah, I, there's just so much that goes into one of those swaps that it's like the effort is crazy. And it seems like, you know, it's not for whatever you do to put one of those motorcycle motors in, like you could probably build a pretty dope motor, regular motor that's like got torque and is built for the stresses of a car. Like a the nice weight little of a car, Honda you know? or Toyota motor, a yeah. overhead cam motor. That's, that's how I always look yeah. at those things. I mean, I, although with my BMW motorcycle, the K75, that was a super cool motor, shaft-driven, that I thought mm-hmm. would be really cool in a little car. And now that you're mentioning the little fake Ferrari, in a formula car, especially the little inline three-cylinder with the individual throttle bodies, revs to 7,500 or whatever. Right. I can see in like a race car or something where you kind of like, push started or something like that or you know you kind of slowly get going but you also you just lack a lot of that like for pushing weight it's kind of hard i think watch that honda s600 video with jay leno's garage and um the thing's a total little beater and it looks so fun i mean they're smacking through gears you know eight thousand nine thousand rpm whatever it is um, it screams, and that car is so small and light that you're not really yeah. asking that much more out of the motor. But even um, that, you have to, I think you have to slip the clutch like crazy just yeah. to get it going and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Um, it, it's interesting. It's not something I would I'd love like to for. try one. I think it'd be a, a blast. It would be super fun to try. But yeah, like it's yeah, it seems like it's somebody's little tinker project that you know it's more about just making it happen for but sure. Then you for know sure. the actual day to day with it. And keeping it up seems kind of gnarly. Like, I don't know, one that seemed really compelling to me was uh, like a Hayabusa motor and a low-cost or low-to-7 type body, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that would be super rad. It's so light, and you're going to be – it's a car that you want to be up in the revs in anyways. Like, you know, with with short gearing, I mean – Totally. Just obviously that sound and making it sing, and it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, Um, those are the two things. It's not something that you want to daily. Yeah, Yeah, the sound and the revs. as a dedicated toy, you know? I think there might yeah. be something to be said for weight balance, too, because you could put that motor so far back. I mean, think of a Lotus, and then you put a motorcycle engine, and it'd be, like, all be behind the front axle, and that, that seems pretty cool. You could even have luggage space in a Lotus. Right. Two motors. Uh, yeah. JF 90 says, what's the DWA opinion on the BMW E24 6 Series? The 633 and 635 seem like cool, affordable cruisers. Am I missing something? Or is there a reason they're so much less expensive than E30s? That's a good question. Um, so I, would, I wouldn't I would go for a 633. I would get a 635 for just parts, availability, and more sophisticated motor. Um, and I'd look for a CSI, just if you're going to get one. Um, and then obviously, like... They're absolutely rad, right? Yeah. I mean, hard to find with a manual. Great looking. They're not. They're cruisers, like you said, affordable cruiser. That's that's what it is. An E30 can. Yeah, they're like a sports car. They're like a 500 SEC. Yeah, that's exactly 60 SEC. Exactly. It's a big. It's an autobahn. Like if you think it's going to be, I mean, part of the the E30s are all about like going back roads and you know having fun on these tight little these little canyon roads and stuff like that. That's not the E24. Is like. Happy place, really. Right. I mean, they, they'll do all right on it. Um, 
probably a little better than the Mercedes equivalent, stock for stock. Definitely. And uh but they they definitely lack like in that 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 kind of sharp handling, you know, tight twisty fun stuff. Yeah, and they're more of a you know, just auto bunkers, or and they're rad. They're super cool. What was the model that you guys had? What motor and everything? I had a Euro six thirty five CSI. So it was like a basically an uncorked American, you know, a more powerful one than we got, and lighter weight because it had the Euro bumpers and all that stuff. But I remember getting out of it. Oh, I, I remember driving home from work in it and then taking the 944 up and it's like the 944 felt so you know it was like your lower night and day yeah, it was like lighter. oh man this is a like sports car compared to what i was driving it was this big old behemoth kind of thing so yeah well that, that's the thing that they're heavy and also they, they have very slow steering or, yep. but most importantly i think that these guys are really heavily impacted by the uh no pun intended the uh impact bumpers so i think like the U.S. spec bumpers really kind of destroy the look on that car, and like the Euro bumpers are so nice, and they actually, you know, they were designed around the car versus like these things that they just had to tack on. Um, and like I don't know, I feel like that has affected their value a lot, uh, you know, just from an aesthetic standpoint. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. They're, they are super cool cars. I do like them. Okay. Uh, Throttle Grotto asks, "Who's the best '80s '90s tuner?" Ooh. 80s, 90s. A lot of competition there, right? Yeah. Let's Probably just throw out some names. Roof. <laughs> Alpina. Brabus. AMG. Dynan. The list goes on. Um, Rentec. Alpina. I just said that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Callaway, Saline. Oh, Callaway. Good one. Lingenfelter. Yep. Dude, Lingenfelter made some rad cars. Radwood. Should be Callaway made some rad cars because they, they like, do side streaks and, and shit. They had the body Vol- kits. Well, Callaway had like the Volkswagens and the oh. Ferraris, and they weren't only American. Yeah. You know, it was like they had 944 turbo kits, yeah. Rabbit turbo kits. Art, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I was just thinking on the Japanese side. Uh, Mugen did a lot of really awesome stuff, especially in the 80s. Um, they actually ended up building Formula One motors. But uh, in terms of tuner cars, there's a lot of like cool little one-offs that we didn't see here. Uh, you already said, oh, you said uh, Alpina, but you didn't say Hartke. I really like Hartke. Oh, stuff. yeah, Hartke is good. Uh, how about Koenig? And yeah. they made the wide-body oh, yeah. SECs with the side strakes and Gimbala. Gimbala. Gimbala, yeah. You know the weirdest one is Dude, the uh, Hardcase. I mean, not the Hardcase. The Koenig of uh, Testarossas were actually super cool. They look like an F40. Yeah, yeah. They had a big wing and uh, exposed headlights and stuff. Yeah, Koenig <laughs> made like a 308. Yeah, they made a lot of cool stuff. That'd be a rad book to look through. Mm-hmm. Koenig uh, catalog. So who's the best tuner? I don't know. I mean, I, I still like hold a very special place for Alpina. I just think their cars were understated and and really well built. I mean, the fact that they're like a manufacturer, just like roof or AMG was. So those are kind of next level. Yeah. But as far as like Radwood, you know, funky, just crazy out there. Yeah. Yeah. Koenig is up there for that stuff. They're so wacky. Yeah. Yeah. And they're wacky, but kind of cool looking now. Like I can't really back Gambala. No, Gambala was always weird. Like the nine twenty eights and stuff like eight exhaust tips and like, Weird lights. And- it, it makes me want to see a list by by uh, region. So like U.S. versus Europe versus Japan. 
Yeah. And just see the list of the tuners and like see who did it better and different styles because that was such an interesting little period of time. What about uh, Celine or Saline? How yeah. Pronounce that? Yeah, yeah. Saline had, they were pretty subdued as well. I mean, like that Mustang that was at Radwood is a, is like kind of the epitome of what they did. Yeah, like very basic, right? Just tasteful. Um, front air dam and a rear spoiler and some side skirts. They were pretty all all very tastefully done. That yeah. was the early version. That was like an 84 or whatever, mm-hmm. right? The, I mean, the mid-90s yeah. ones were a little bit less tasteful. Mm-hmm. Like kind of like of the era, a little bit flashy with the body kits and stuff. But still, I mean, really I, pr- pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Mm, um, <clears throat> and Vonius asks, "What is the DWA's crew, DWA crew's favorite oddball or way before its time option on these older cars? Does the 500 SEC have any cool options?" He says he had a 190D 2.2 W201 Mercedes that had leather-heated power seats with lumbar. Pretty odd for a base model 201. Um, my first car was a. $200 1985 Mazda 626 and that car had uh, the swing option oh yeah which was the center vents had a button that you pressed and it would move the the vent blades back and forth it's like the little fan you buy yeah for your house yeah yeah and that was an 85 in a budget car. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Super yeah. weird. It was by far the coolest part of that car. And the wheels. They were the worst wheels ever. The square, solid-looking. Oh, the oh, solid multi-hole they're things. Awful. Or... They're awful so in, in 80s. Yeah, exactly, Art. Um, so that's what comes to mind for me. And Art, does the does the SEC have any cool options? Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't work, but uh, it has the adjustable vacuum operated headlights that you can, uh, you know, you, oh. you can adjust the height on. That yeah. is cool. But um, the other cool thing, cool. it has the, which is, I think is ahead of its time, maybe one of the first is it, it hands the seatbelt to you. Yeah. All the Mercedes of that era oh, do that, right? Yeah. Or like the high end stuff. Uh, uh, the one thing that it doesn't have that would be a cool option that you mentioned actually that you, cause you thought mine would definitely have it is the town and country horn. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, having different horns, you know, one for city and one for country. So they're different loudness, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's for, That's kind for of old school. Autobahn. So if you're traveling, you know, fast, you know, super loud horn. Uh, do you have front winch, uh, front headlight wipers? Art. No, mine doesn't. Now you like that. It looks really clean without them. Yeah, I agree. You know what's really bad is the BMW version of those headlight washers. Mm-hmm. God, those are so janky looking. They just look like they're gonna break in a second. Because they sit there like well, one's like yeah. up and one's down, mm-hmm. and they're they're really spindly looking. And yeah. Just... The uh, nine twenty eight had the movable instrument cluster, which was pretty. I don't know. I had never seen one before that. Like it moves with the steering wheel? Moves, yeah, with the steering wheel. So That's you cool. never don't have a perfect view of the gauges. I think my Prelude was like that. Was that Pro, I mean, yeah, Preludes, I think, and then 300 ZXs did it. Yeah. Late, the late model ones. Like, um, And then it also... Oh, the 944 has the stupid little the little thing for the front to rear speakers, that little swivel. Yeah. It's so funny to dedicate a whole like dial for that. My E30 has the same thing. Yeah. Um, all right. Throttle by cable says hashtag call me crazy. 
Is it just me, or has Bring a Trailer Auctions become the Scottsdale Barrett-Jackson of the interwebs? Some of the sale prices are gonzo. Is this a bubble that will hopefully burst, or a scary sign of affordable classics going away? Discuss amongst yourselves. I see that a lot with E30s. I mean, the, the prices people are paying mm-hmm. for, like, a sedan E30, you know, with it's nice and everything, $7,000 all day. That's, like, top of the market on Craigslist, like, people asking for a sedan. Um, and uh, we talked about that cabaret. I mean, the reality, though, I think it is a sign of the times. I mean, these are the cars that are becoming more desirable to our, our generation, right? And it's going to continue yeah. to rise. I mean... Uh, I think over maybe eventually you'll have, you know, a plateau or a drop. But right now, I think we're at the bottom of that where things are starting to, to appreciate pretty massively. Hmm. So you think it's just going to get gnarlier, huh? I think it will. I think we're getting, yeah. I don't think necessarily yep. like BMW 30s or something, but the whole market is going to Yeah, is I think there's got to be a correction just for everything, not just collector cars. But I don't, I don't, I can't name it. I can't think of anything that's really too high right now. I mean, what's your, when the average price? Are, are you watching the bring a trailer auctions? I haven't been, yeah. so I don't really know. We go on twice a week or something. Yeah. yeah, and I always look at the the closed auctions. Um, but you know, it's like when the average price of a new car is what thirty three thousand bucks, I think thirty four thousand. Yeah, it's but like, that's not what? really relative to the. It market. is relative because that's what people are paying for. I know, but new vehicles. that's never been like a, a factor in collector car. Uh, I think I think it would always kind of go hand in hand. You know, it's all. No, I mean, it's all bubbles. dollar. It's all what the dollar yeah, is worth and everything. But that doesn't affect like it when we have a crazy bubble in. Um, no, like, but, but uh, where's the bubble? What bubble are you looking at? Maybe the BMW bubble? Just overall, I think seeing some of these cars that. Uh, what was it recently? Oh, rusty, bashed in, total project uh, Z, uh, 240Z. Uh-huh. It's on there right now. And it had two days left. I mean, this thing, interiors taken apart shitty it's been sitting in a barn somewhere it's tattered right almost it's just total parts car it was over three thousand dollars with two days i left. could see that i mean i don't think the z's even the bubble hasn't even the bubble it's not even close to bubbling yet it it's basically i think it's undervalued still and they're rare and hard to find yeah. that aren't rusty so like especially a 240 an early 240 yeah it's that's not neat like try and find one without rust well, i think they were easier to come up with inexpensively not that long ago and now the secret's out maybe maybe that's what it is i think i mean yeah they're still a fairly affordable you know you can get a good one for under 20 so i, I don't know i don't think the and twenty thousand dollars these days is not a lot of money you know you have, like just look at what we would spend you know what stuff was like 15 years ago 20 years ago mm. okay um yeah i agree okay angry bird gti says as car enthusiasts in general does everyone tend to soften their car expectations as they get older for example wanting a car with some sidewall suspension travel and a tame exhaust note i've fallen along the same thinking as of late and wondering if it's a matter of maturity or of people simply getting bored of a loud slammed and harsh ride keep up the good work guys hashtag yo hole I think it's uh, pretty much standard. As you get older, yeah. you just want to like you you like different things in a in a vehicle, right? Your your priorities change. I don't know if it's maturity or or just that you're you know you, the reality of 
I don't, I know I want something that's like, I always look at, oh, how comfortable will that be? Or how, you know, yeah. how isolated is it? How, you know, can I roll up the windows and it'll be really comfortable in the hot, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, seems like the hot rod guys never change too much. Yeah, I guess so, huh? They're always after that, you know, that car that they wanted in high school, 32 Ford. This they don't is, really drive them. That's true. They're not rallying them, right? Yeah. Um, but little details like more sidewall and all that, that I think is a sign of maturity and kind of some wisdom too. Like, you know, maybe in your early days you follow trends and do super, uh, short sidewall and, you know, crazy camber. And then, you know, because it's sporty and you learn over time that that's not sporty, that isn't actually functional. And so you lead to more functional stuff like suspension travel and all that stuff. Like you start to learn what is like a good uh, handling car, and you know, it, it also lends itself to better touring too. But right. I don't know, but I mean, I think he has a super valid point. I think probably a bit of maturity, you know, like softening the edges is like inevitably going to be true. Yeah, it's a combination of both for sure. I would think too that you, your car is a projection of you in a lot of ways so you're driving it around town whatever it is going to yeah, events yeah. Uh, family stuff yep. and you maybe don't want to pull up in the slammed miata i think you also come to the realization that um you're not gonna like go race your car and like you don't need to win races at the racetrack or something with your car you're not taking to the racetrack so like you know like you you become accepting of like maybe having a convertible or or something that's like not the ten tenths car because who cares right yeah you're not actually you're not driving it at ten tenths on on the streets so um you can do without you can have a little more suspension compliance and stuff like that because we drive you you realize that oh we are driving on roads that are rough and you know different surfaces and all this stuff we don't want like a super hard suspension where yeah when you're a kid you're you're just you're all about like oh that gets that has more grip on you know on this flat perfect racetrack surface yeah right you know it's funny too is that in certain visual aspects of the car changes you get older for example i really like brown now as a color whereas when I was younger, like high school, there's, I'm not into brown, I yeah, want a brown yeah. car. Yeah. But if I see like a rad, like there, I think there was a 997 on bring a trailer, uh -huh. a manual, uh, just like a really stock car, but it's a manual 997. It was brown. I was like, that's fucking cool. And someone made a comment. That like, funny. I think it's just a sign of you getting old as well. Yeah, like, like brown. Art was like in an Uber car, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's where, where it came up from. Yeah. Yeah. And like seventies yeah. colors too. Like, uh, you know, Tom's 246 GTS, it originally is this uh, pea green. You know, yeah, it's a great it's color. It's a great color. Yeah. Right. But I think if 18-year-old me would be like, wow, oh, no, I'd rather yeah, silver ugly, or, yeah. you know, red. But um, that's just a sign of getting old. I think you appreciate mm -hmm. the weird, the different, maybe. I don't know. Art, anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I don't think we mentioned, I mean, well, Lane touched on interior a little bit, but like, that's one thing that really strikes a chord with me. Cause when I was younger, I was all about like extreme, like weight reduction and like the lighter, the better, no matter what at any cost. And one of it was, I used to actually like remove all the sound deadening. I used to pull carpets, pull panels, pull right. everything. And I had like this rattly ass, obnoxious fucking <laughs> 
you know, box of a machine and like it Brian's was still the there dude like, he's contemplating it right now <laughs> that sounds so nice that's like my gti <laughs> it was the so same light. way yeah no rear seat no bumpers dude, like, exactly yeah and like that was the thing right and like now just as like lane was saying it's like you know you, you there are compromises but like i mean in reality like okay what are you going to get out of that 80 extra 80 pounds that you're removing right it's like um unless it's above your head yeah batteries in the house what uh, Yeti Overland says, uh, so I thought of a compromise for Z- hashtag ZR none from last episode. What if Brian just has Mexican blanket rhino liner on the inside instead of carpet? Okay. That sounds so ugly. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but that sounds so terrible. How would you do it? Cause you'd have to paint it in you'd have stripes. To, yeah, you'd, have you'd have to do it. stripes. Yeah. No. You'd have to buy all these different colors of rhino liner. <laughs> you have re- to hire one of Refill the gun. By the way, that wouldn't get messy at all. <laughs> it just looks so bad. <laughs> it just turned brown as you're painting it. Oh, man. Um, all right. Yeah, a good idea. Jeff Heacock says, uh, what's that one automotive part in your garage that you're ready to sell? Something you thought you'd never do without, but the project has shifted gears and it's time to let go. No cars, just parts. Do you have anything like that? I know you have a lot of parts, Lane. I, I- have parts, but I don't. I've I kind of got I've got rid of a lot of stuff. I love this question coming from Jeff Hecox, who has that awesome 2002 with that Alpina like mechanical yeah. uh, fuel injection or something from Alpina. Yeah, and it's like that. I think he had that part and basically bought a car to be able to put that part on. So it just makes me wonder, yeah. like, what other spare parts is he keeping? I in think his I'll garage, resource you know? them. Though. I think yeah. you're right, but um, I don't know. I had I stuff in the past. Mentioned- What's up? Shelf full of like. Alpina, like you know, yeah, Ali was mentioning that he has like a shelf full of like Alpina, like ultra rare, like slide throttle stuff, like that's like unobtainium. That as he's that's right saying, he probably will never end up using, but they're beautiful to look at. Yeah, I don't have anything very rare. I just have like spare stuff for my my cars, like yeah. random bits and pieces. Um, I have some wheels and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't think anything's like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna sell it, but. So I don't have anything either. I got rid of, like, I had a, I had like two sets of Fuchs that I got rid of a while ago, and yeah, um, some other stuff. But yeah, there's nothing, nothing really dear. I'm still sitting on a original 265 V8 and manual three speed uh, for the '56 Chevy. Huh. It's just I'm just holding on to. Um, Is that in your garage? Yeah. Someday, huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not really. It's we, kind of hard to say the project has changed directions. <laughs> there's no direction. <laughs> there's no direction. It's just so. floating out there. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to add, Art? I, I feel like we I have uh, a weird one. That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like necessarily valuable, and that's kind of the weird thing is that it's something that has been floating around with me since I was in college, and like it's a, a set of brake pads that I bought for my 2002, <laughs> and they're like, um, I think they're. They're Mintex or I can't remember. They're a metallic pad. They're like decent. They're not like super aggressive, but like they're, you know, they're ancient now. They're like, you know, who knows what, 15 years old or more. And like, I can't get myself to throw them away. And it's like not something I even have put any effort to like list them um, or like sell them. You know, they're worth maybe 50 bucks. But So they just kind of stick around with me and they're just sitting on a shelf somewhere. But like, I don't even know, like the question here is like, do like does the brake pad material like deteriorate over time? Like, do you think they're even usable? Like, because I could give them away. No, I bet they're probably fine. fine dude. Dude. I bet they're totally fine. Pretty, dude, and don't you have a 2002 gnarly. that you could use them on? No, he has upgraded brakes, right? Oh, 
Yeah, that's a good one. I have some oh, literature stuff that I, I don't, don't, don't want to sell. I have like a mid '80s BBS catalog. Oh, that's that cool. Has body kit stuff too. Oh wow! It's, There's no reason to get rid of that. No, exactly. Hmm. But I mean, I guess if someone offered me a crazy amount of you know money for it, um, Lane's saying one more question. Maybe two. The producer, uh, Phil Gilsdorf says, "I'd like to hear more about urinals, specifically urinal kick orientation, <laughs> spikes up or down. What's the DWA opinion?" Phil, I'm I, glad you asked. Um, it's time I, to get I'm into not it. familiar with the, What's the spikes? Uh, spikes. What? All right. Spikes I, I have flat sure. cakes, dude. Spikes. You want spikes up? What are the spikes? Spikes will like, it would are, disperse the the flow. They're a, probably they're a splatter uh, decreaser. Yeah, oh, okay. it makes sense. Yeah. I want some with spikes. You I want spikes up, splatter yeah. decreaser. Um, Actually, yeah. it's the mats now that I see. It's not the cakes anymore. Right. I think it's that's what he's talking mats. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad you asked, Phil, and I'm I, I'm appreciating that you appreciated our urinal talk. <laughs> um, okay, one more. Um, Hushy Pushy says, when you search on BRZO, do you sort by decreasing or increasing price? Increasing. Neither. I do newest first. Increasing. Hmm. Always I, do newest I, first. I usually do decreasing, and then after I'm familiar with the search, then I can switch to newest first. Oh. Wait, you do decreasing, so you do highest first? Yeah. Really? That's nice, though, because you get the best examples first. Yeah. But I go lowest and, first. And, and then you're going to get a lot through. of, like, dollar, one dollar. Yeah, but I just skip. You just you go to the part, point yeah. where it's real. And it's right. kind of like the same thing with the high value ones, too. Yeah, you know, you Brian's just, not, you Brian's going to high value? Come on. You're the, the wrong guy to do that. Well, uh, you're not giving enough credit to BRZO. I limit my searches at $2,000, so <laughs> I start at the very top okay. of $2,000. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, that's been a Thursday edition. Thanks for joining us. Hope you guys are uh, making good plans for New Year's. We'll see you. Good plans. Excellent plans for Amazing your New Year's plans. resolutions. Awesome plans. <laughs> Art, uh, don't hang up. Bye. All right, later. <laughs> All right, see you. Oh, see you man. All right, later. Staring at the digital gauges in the Corvette. It's pretty special. <laughs> are they working right now? Special. Sometimes. Wow, those are special moments. Well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it makes it more special.